Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that comes in from Tab and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online early. The lines are usually more open in the first hour than the second, so if you need to get online, do so. I know you're out running to get bread and milk before the snow tomorrow, but if you have a moment you have a question, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out. So I got a story in here that is driving us nuts at Tab and driving other folks nuts as well. It turns out that the dinglings buying Bitcoin and processing Bitcoin are uh, buying up all the GPUs out there. G- the GPUs are graphical processor units and have to do with NVIDIA video cards and and these guys who who are, for some crazy reason think you can print money and for some reason have been convinced that they're going to make a million dollars with a bunch of computers in their basement running and mining Bitcoin, are buying all this hardware, chewing up all this power uh, to, to mine this Bitcoin that, by the way, you can't use for a whole lot at all. <laughs> it's fake money, guys. <laughs> um, but they're killing um, availability on uh, graphics graphics cards and processors. We're seeing shortages for us in our in our business trying to build CAD machines for our business clients, our engineering clients who need to to build, uh, you know, we, we build high-end CAD for our uh, engineering clients that need to use SolidWorks or MasterCam or whatever's out there. And we can't get the high-end NVIDIA cards because these dinglings buying <laughs> running these Bitcoin operations uh, are uh, buying them all up. And uh, now it's hampering the scientific world uh, because these guys uh, are would like to improve their, their uh, systems and they can't, same problem, they can't buy the video cards. So... Just just think about it, guys. I mean, I know somebody's told you that buying Bitcoin is going to make you the next millionaire, but just so you understand it, I could do it. Bob could do it. Your neighbor can do it. Heck, your dog could do it. If anybody can run a Bitcoin mining operation, is it really worth anything? <laughs> if everyone can do it, is it really worth anything? But NVIDIA is making a killing of off of it. Of course they are. <laughs> Fooling his money. It will shoot, soon be parted. And uh, I just, guys, it's fake money. Everybody's in the business of making fake money. There are so many new cryptocurrencies out there. Every company is getting involved. The only thing that has value of any kind is called blockchain. And even blockchain has its issues. So before you run out and invest in Bitcoin and think you're going to make a million dollars rather than working, I got a park in West Hartford that I heard is for sale. I think I think it was the Hartford trying to sell it to the union folks. That Maybe you could help buy that. Because that makes more sense than, in my opinion, investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> so, uh, stop, please. <laughs> You're killing us. 
What else you got, Bob? Yeah, I'd rather invest in carbon credits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that segues nice into my uh, article. Yeah. After allegedly draining bank accounts, Coinbase promises refunds. Updates. Guy says, I am now broke. Cannot afford rent, food, gas, bills. One user complained. Now, Coinbase is a quote-unquote Bitcoin-style bank, right? Is right. that what Coinbase is? Co- Coinbase is a popular way to buy and sell and store digital currency, including Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's, right. now, it's now being accused of charging some of its customers 5, 17, even 50 times for the same purchase. Right. To Wiping point- them out. Wiping yeah. them out of their <clears throat> fake currency. But they're not accepting fake currency. They want real money. <laughs> right. But to the point, those customers went broke. And it's not clear yet what's going on. Right. The good news is Coinbase has now admitted to a duplicate transaction issue and promised full refunds. Right. But that, does that re, uh, include your non-sufficient funds? Uh, you know, right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, whatever. So they're working on it, and they've been going back and forth. Right. And Visa is uh, denying that it has anything to do with it. Right. So, yeah, we'll see some lawsuits on this, I'm sure. Whatever. They can't afford it. They're all we'll, out of fake money. We'll post that. <laughs> we'll post the information out there. Another Bitcoin thing. Scammers are abusing Google ads to steal mil- millions in Bitcoins. So what they're doing is, of course, I think I gave you the story of the Long Island Ice Tea Company that became blockchain iced tea company and became their stock went through the roof because of just changing their name from Long Island iced tea to blockchain iced tea because of course the word big you know blockchain is involved well Google ads is doing the same thing here and these scammers are using kind of misspelled uh, links uh, so that they can get into your wallet bit your your quote unquote Bitcoin wallet and they're stealing millions of fake bitcoins I mean the real bitcoins but again for me they're fake uh, so you guys along with jumping on this crazy craze are being scammed by folks who are misspelling blockchain um, and you're going over there giving your financial information buying into something even more fake and uh, you guys are all being scammed guys it's fake money <laughs> if you want to be paid in the salary of Bitcoin go ahead see what, see how that goes where, for you let me see where, where can I uh, buy something I'm using Bitcoin not a whole lot of places. <laughs> Not a whole lot of places. And again, most of them want your actual cash. They they want real dollars for you to buy fake money. Well, you know, they've had that amusement parks for years where you went in and paid cash and got tokens. Correct. And then to you had video queen. And then yeah. you had to go and try to cash your tokens back out. They're like, I'm not taking those tokens. Those are yours. <laughs> so you got to use them. You use them or lose them. So, I mean, that's Play more games, have more fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll put those links up there for you. All I'm saying, guys, is before you invest in something that anybody and everybody can do, literally, it's that easy, ask yourself, what are you doing? Please? If, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yes. It, come on. And in other news, when it absolutely positively needs to be leaked overnight – 120,000 FedEx customers had their files spilled out from the Amazon AWS S3. Amazon is one of the biggest public clouds out there. All right? That's fine. They're making a lot of money on the public cloud. But they're not – the people who are putting these servers up there are not securing them properly. And 
I, I think culpability lies in both Amazon and, of course, FedEx or whoever they use to put this information. So your password, any pass, uh, passport scans, driver's licenses, all that stuff was exposed and has been sitting on this Amazon Web Services S3 storage bucket for a long time. Um, so we really need, if, if Mr. Blumenthal wants to do something, um, he should go after Amazon and really talk to them about the fact that they are not securing our data. And now Amazon's going to say, well, we just provide the container and FedEx is supposed to secure your data. But it really needs to be the other way around. It needs to be that Amazon needs to make this a lot harder for people's data to be spilled all over the place. It's, it's almost every week you hear of some companies whose data is exposed by a poorly set up Amazon AWS S3 silo. So maybe there could be a law on at least having some culpability if you're putting up the container that you got to lock it, you know, some sort of basic security so that our information is not spewed everywhere uh, for everyone to see because of some dingling IT guy who doesn't know what he's doing when he configures the, uh, the AWS silo. I'll put it out here for you, but this is just more cloud. You, you, you think your stuff is protected, but it's really, it's a mess. Anything else you want to bring up, Bob? Yeah, um, for those of you that are interested in uh, what Elon Musk is doing, Sunday he's going to uh, launch SpaceX's first internet satellites that are set to launch on Sunday. And mm -hmm. these satellites are going to be on their new Falcon 9 rockets that they put out there. The heavy they're, one? They're doing two new satellites that mm -hmm. are going to uh, be testing uh, satellite broadband. Interesting. So they're looking to start a new up a new ISP mm -hmm. that gives you broadband from the satellites. They have two of them going up uh, this Sunday. Good. And Any competitors we can have against the big, big cable companies and, stu right. and such is great. So the uh, uh, Wednesday, the FCC chairman Ajit Pai gave his endorsement to SpaceX application to operate two huge constellations of broadband satellites. Sure. So. Uh, we assume that's all they're going to be doing up there, right? You know, who knows what else they'll be doing. But as long as they're doing something well, to compete with the Internet, we Somebody else is sending a satellite that can come down on the Earth and and uh, hone in on an area one square meter. One square meter. Wow, that's pretty tiny. Yeah, so they can really zoom in, see who's uh, lounging on the beach or in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's great for Elon. We appreciate his uh, efforts. All right, we're going to step out for a quick break. we got three lines uh, jammed up, so hang on, Perry, Barry, and Kevin. One line open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. One line open for you. Feel free to get online. And if you're a Bitcoin miner hoping to make your millions, feel free to call in. We're curious to know what you're going to do with that. Um, let's go to uh, Perry in Stafford Springs first. Hey, Perry, what's Morning, up? Gentlemen. Morning. Uh, I have a uh, HP OfficeJet uh, laptop mm -hmm. uh, notebook, uh, and all of a sudden it stopped printing. All of a sudden. Uh, on Thursday, there was a, an update run on the printer itself. Hmm. And uh, I've done all of the uh, troubleshooting that that I can do on the laptop. Right. Uh, uh, uninstalled the printer, reinstalled it. Really? Uh, and it's still not printing. So it doesn't see it. Is it wireless or wired? Uh, it's wireless. Now, I did take the laptop and hooked it, uh, wired it to the printer. And it works? And it didn't work. What? <laughs> I don't believe that. Really? 
honest, honest. Engine, was it? I wouldn't kid you. I know you wouldn't. USB or, or over a network? I'm sorry. With a USB cable, or uh, did you plug it into the network? A USB cable. Wow. So if it didn't work with a USB cable, that's telling me that I'm thinking you probably got a Microsoft driver update with your updates. Okay. And uh, what I would do is uh, go to the HP website and look up. Actually, you can do it on Google and get there faster. (laughs) (laughs) But type in the uh, model number of your printer. Right. And go to uh, downloads, and I would download the latest driver from HP. Well, that's an HP printer, you said, right? Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So just put the model in, download the latest driver for your um, operating system, I would assume is Windows 10, and just just uh, remove that printer that you've got in there now right. and uh, reinstall it. I'd reinstall it first with the USB. Yeah, make, it, make sure it can print locally with the USB cable. Yeah. Now, uh, I did do, when I uh, uninstalled the printer and reinstalled it, it did do a driver uh, search, and the message came up that all drivers are up to date. Don't believe them. Because that's Microsoft telling you that you're using our driver, which is the best, Mm -hmm. which doesn't work a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if you get it right from the manufacturer, we're thinking you'll have better luck. And the other thing, too, is when you download and you run that utility from the HP, you don't want to plug in your printer until it tells you to. In other words, you don't plug in the USB cable and leave it plugged in and then install the driver. Right. Because sometimes it just won't find it. So what you need to do is to have it unplugged as you're going through the installation uh, utility uh, step by step. It'll say plug plug it in now. Right. I see. Okay. Now, that's something uh, even doing searching for it on Google, you can, you'll can you still be able to, to download it. It's not something... Yeah, you're going to go to HP's site. Make sure you go to HP's site, yeah. not driversthis.com. Yeah, go to HP's site. Don't go to drivers.com, drivers yeah. direct, or anything like that. Only HP or, you know, with anybody's printer. If it's a brother, go to brother. Right. You know, Canon, go to Canon. I don't, you know. Okay. So that's got to be the case here. And you, you said the update was on the printer itself. Was it a firmware update that happened? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. I wasn't here when, when that took place. But oh. uh, my wife went to print something, and she went into the printer, and uh, on the little window there, it mm. said something about it was updating. Okay. Yeah, so try this, Perry, exactly what Bob said. And once it works locally, then you can consider going back to wireless. But if it works locally... It always will work. <laughs> yeah. Um, with wireless, you have to make sure the IP address is set aside and uh, you have the same IP address. Uh, if you rebooted the printer, you might have gotten a new IP address, so now it has to be found again. So if you can stay wired, it'll always, it sh- once this driver's loaded, it should always work. All right. We will give it a try. All right, Perry. Good luck. Thanks a lot. You got it. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to go on. Oh, boy. He's an Apple guy. Hey, Barry. We'll see what we can do to help you here. <laughs> okay. I just got an Apple MacBook Air, and I wanted to set it up, and I'm trying to set up the uh, email and Internet. And, uh-huh. of course, it's not set up to Internet yet. So right. most of their help is on the, online. I know, and you can't get there. <laughs> it's a catch-22. <laughs> so I have, uh, as far as the mail goes, I have messages going to mail. But 
the SMTP settings and all that stuff are incorrect. I'm getting books. I'm getting books from the library soon, but right. I'd like to know how if you can help. Well, yes and no. What I have is Cox uh, Internet yeah. cable. Yep, and they they really don't know Apple at all. So. I hear you, and you're calling us, which we're not. Neither of us are big Apple users. However. Uh, we should be able to give you information, how, how, but we can't get you to see it because you can't get on the internet. Do you have a Do you have a Windows based computer somewhere else that works? No, not presently. Oh boy. Do you have a smartphone? Uh not really. Okay, you're giving us a hard time here, Barry. So here's what we're gonna do. When it comes to Cox, they have configurations for the email that we can put links up there for you as far as what you have to set up. And we can put links in our, on, on our site as well as to how to configure that within a MacBook Air. But you, for you to go follow them, you're going to have to go to a place like the library and go on their computers. Yes, and, well, I'm getting, I'm getting books from the library. so The old-fashioned old old ones that are like made of paper and all that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's great, but you need to find out what we're trying to explain to you and show you step by step. Okay. So if you have Cox, we're going to show you how to configure a mailbox in Cox, and then we can show you within a MacBook how to set up a mailbox. We can put those links up there for you, but you can't get to them. It's a catch-22. So you have to go physically to the library, sit down on one of their computers, go to computertalkwithtab.com, and you'll find these two links for you. And then you're going to have to write down or try to set up your MacBook Air while you're in the library for your email. When you're right. at when you're at home, you have wireless, I assume, from Cox. Yeah. Okay. And you can't figure you can't connect right now with your wireless. You're having trouble with that, right? Kinda, yeah. And and Cox couldn't walk you through how to set up the Wi-Fi on a MacBook Air. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, you know, I know, I've got I had their you know help for computers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't know that much about Apple, so we I can't really help you. You're going to have to blah blah blah. I know. You know. I could. So we don't have apples in our studio here to walk you through it. But there must be wireless settings that are there in your in your MacBook Air. Um, you should be able to go to the network configurations of your Apple Mac and go to the wireless settings and put in your SSID, put in your passphrase, and you should get you on the internet. Um, we can, again, put links as to how to set up that from computertalkwithtab.com, but you're going to have to go to the library to, to navigate over to it because I don't have it off the top of my head. That um, I can do. It's right up the street. Yeah. Bring your Apple device and, mm -hmm. and uh, then read the information that we put on the links, and you should be able to follow that information and then bring it back to your home to apply the, the passphrases and settings. The other idea is to go to the mall if you've got nothing but hours to waste in line. And then you talk to the guys at the Apple store, and they'll probably very quickly, once you get to them, uh, set it up for you. Just bring it and have them set it up. That would be an option. And generally, this should be like cake for them. It's just a matter of you waiting in line for all the other folks that don't know how to use the Apple device either. <laughs> so that's kind of the two choices, Barry. We'll put some links up there for you if you want to try it yourself and head down to the library. Okay, we can do we can do either one. Yeah. You know, I can take the bus up to the Apple store. So. All right. You didn't think this would be this hard, did you? Eh, I kind of figured it would be, but uh, I'm patient. So. Good, good, Anytime good. Anytime I have a problem with a computer, I usually shut it off and sit there and figure it out. I, I love it. Well, we'll put some links up there for you, Barry, and you can try it yourself and, and, and see which way you want to go. Okay, thank you. Have You're a welcome. Great day. Yeah. I listen to your program a lot. Thanks, so. Barry. Good luck. 
Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. So he's got to spend some time working on getting his Wi-Fi connected. This is Computer Talk. Tom and Kevin, hang on. Two lines open for you. We'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock, so uh, a couple lines open for you. Let's go right to your calls, and we're going to go to Tom in Harmington next. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, Great how are you? Show. Thank you. I listen to you whenever I could. Thanks. Hey, uh, I remember a show, it was some time ago, you were talking about three items you should have on your computer to protect your computer sure. and yourself. Yes. Uh, one was ma- ma- malware bites. Malware bites is a great remediation tool if you're infected, sure. Okay, another thing was a VPN program. Well, VPN allows you to surf more privately, but I wouldn't say that that would be something we'd recommend uh, we'd recommend using um, incognito mode under uh, Firefox if you want to surf more privately, but that won't have anything to do with security. You want okay. you want I, it. I actually am using Chrome at the moment. Uh, move over to Firefox. So we we I know we were talking about Chrome a few months ago as being real fast, but uh, Firefox has beat them again. Yeah, and um... and they have their incognito mode, which is uh, a mode whereby the uh, websites you're visiting can't track you. Okay. And that's okay. pretty handy. Uh, much faster than uh, Chrome uh, right now. It could change oh. again. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I did try Firefox. I don't know. I was not so crazy about it. I don't right. know. That's okay. Uh, the other. So what you want to do is you want to run OpenDNS, Tom. Okay, maybe that's what the thing I was thinking. O- yeah. Open DNS. Yeah. So if what you, is that all about? That's a more safe way to surf the Internet. It's a more filtered way. It can it can allow you to configure uh, protocol security definitions that keep people off all sorts of inappropriate style sites uh, by default, and it'll give you a safer way to surf in general the internet. Okay. So if you're using OpenDNS, you'll find a much safer approach to surfing than you, if you stay naked on the internet like you are now with uh, the uh, ISP provided DNS. Now, where do I find this? Uh, you can go to our website at computertalkwithtab.com, and we have linked that many, many, many times. Okay, okay. And it's not now, something you load, but go ahead. Uh, now, the malware bytes, use the free version, sure. or do you require the pay version? No, you can do whichever way you wish, free or paid, but you should okay. only need malware bytes if you're infected. If you okay. follow the approach of OpenDNS and uh, using maybe the free... Uh, Microsoft antivirus, then um, you'll be fine. Windows Defender? Yeah, Windows Defender is fine. Okay. You should only uh, need malware bytes if you become infected. And I would contend if you use OpenDNS and just basic Windows Defender on your home computer, you can be fine. And okay. I've proven it in my own home, having raised three boys, which would probably find themselves in all sorts of places on the Internet. Um, with this technology, I can defend our network against teenage boys if i can do it you can do it okay very good uh, i had a big problem with my computer i didn't know if it was hardware software a virus this or that right uh actually i believe it was windows 7 and when i finally uh upgraded to 10 mm-hmm. the problem went away uh, well that's great 
it, it was a matter, uh, my mouse was like hesitant. I'd hit the button and, and there was a lag. Sure. Uh, but uh, I took care of that and I'm just trying to protect myself now that I got everything back and up and running. Good. Uh, the last thing and, you need to do is back up your system. Do you have backup? I'm not quite there yet, but I okay. do have a USB backup drive, which uh, okay. a- any software you recommend to do that uh, automatically? Um, you can use the Windows software that's built in, or we recommend ESUS. Yeah, we'll, we'll link that as well, E-A-S-U-S. It's the to-do backup. It's what I run at home. It works well. It's not too expensive. That's on your site also? Or yeah, we'll no? put a link for that, sure. Okay, I appreciate it. You're welcome, Thanks Tom. Thanks again. Uh, great show, and Thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. We'll try. Good luck. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so yeah, the key really is to surf with a, your own filter. That's the safest thing we can tell you to do is is uh, use OpenDNS number one. You'll be much safer if you're on an OpenDNS configuration. All right, let's go on to, and it's not hard to do, guys. Kevin and Vernon next. Hi. Hey, Kev. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Hey, thanks for taking my phone call. Appreciate it. Sure. I've got a Western Digital, um, my Passport Ultra external drive that, unfortunately, doesn't seem to work any longer. Okay. And I've tried a number of different, um, you know, attempts to try to get it to work, mm-hmm. going back to, you know, Western Digital site, yeah. downloading some, uh, you know, tools to try to get the thing to work, but... It just doesn't seem to be working, and I didn't know if you had any recommendations or thoughts on that. Do you hear it spinning? I do. Okay. I do. So when you plug it into your machine, it doesn't see it. I do, it does recognize that there's a like an F drive, that, it, that there's something there, but it doesn't say my passport like it used to. All right, and you navigate to it, and it won't show it. Right. And you, want, and you run the utilities, and what do the utilities say? Um, it, it actually just kind of freezes the whole computer at, in, in, in essence it, it won't let me do much you know when I when I try to uh, access it at all yeah. try to analyze it it just doesn't seem to I end up having to unplug it from the uh, computer for the computer really to come back to life Wow have you tried that device um, hard drive on another machine I have and it's the same same situation okay so we can pretty much agree that the drive's probably bad right right um, well, is there data on it you need to get off? There is some data that I would like to get off, if possible. Okay. Here's where it gets expensive. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so here's what we recommend generally. We recommend a company called OnTrack. Um, it's Kroll, K-R-O-L-L, OnTrack. They're out of New York, and uh, you'll spend 100 bucks having them tell you how much you're going to spend to get your data back. Um, you'll send that drive to them. They'll di- do a diagnostic on it, and they don't charge you by the gigabyte. They charge you by the difficulty. How hard is it going to be to get data off this drive, depending on how broken the drive is? Okay. And so for roughly 100 bucks, you can go online and download the form, fill it out, and then you ship your drive with the form and then with whatever payment. And then they'll tell you, okay, Kevin, we can, we can get stuff off or we can't. Um, you can try having third parties look at it. However, if you're finding this, that when you plug it in externally to other computers that, that they just can't see it, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty comfortable in knowing that it's probably a bad drive. Um, okay. I don't know if you want to go too crazy with utilities and tools to try to get the data off of it yourself. Um, you might damage it further. Okay. 
So if this is really important data like pictures and stuff like that that you know your your wife will kill you if you don't get them back, send it to a professional like Kroll and uh they'll do a good job and get it back for you. But it could be 500 bucks, could be 1000 bucks. The pro- the problem is if this is your only shot at your backup. This is why I talk about multiple shots at your backup. Yep. If you had a second external drive with the same backup on it, you and I wouldn't even be talking. Right. You would have drilled the old drive, throw it away, and you would have had your secondary backup. So more than one shot at your data is important. Um, in this case, your your data wasn't backed up. It was actually in this one spot, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you had right. zero shots at your data. Okay. So I don't think there's any other thoughts. Any, any other idea, Bob, as no, far as troubleshooting that? Pretty much nails it right there. Yeah. If the drive's okay. not being seen by other devices, don't go too crazy. Just send it off. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your info. I appreciate All right. it. Thanks, Kevin. Sorry to hear that you had the failure like that. Nah, you know, it's way it goes sometimes. But now I'll know better going forward. Yes. Back it up. Multiple shots. Hey, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I, I have an HP D drive with 21, you know, gigs, 21, or notice there was two gigs remaining. Is that something that I should be uh, tending to as well? That's you know, more I'm, than likely a recovery drive. Right. It is. Yeah. It is a right. Yeah, and so they put the ability to restore your uh, computer back to the factory. Those files are on there rather than give you a disk. Right. Most right. manufacturers hide hide that partition, but okay. there were a number of years they, they didn't hide it, and they just gave it the drive letter D. Which is also kind oh. of silly because when your hard drive fails, you'd have no way to go back to your That's factory. Right. It's gone anyway. Right. But it does, that, it does ask you, uh, as most laptops do, and when you first start it up, do you want to recreate? Do you want to create recovery disks right. now? Most people just get rid of it because they know. want to go on to computing and don't think about recovering their computer should it fail. Right. So you okay. d- I wouldn't worry about it, other than yep. if you want to produce recovery disks, like Bob said. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. All right. You, you got it, Kev. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. So it's important, guys, to have multiple shots at your data. Uh, We're going to step out for a quick break. Ray and Paul, hang on. We have a couple lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. You know, I think they're banning Tom Sawyer and some schools again. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Not the tune. The tune will never be banned. But uh, some schools are banning the book. Oh no, we don't. We don't have censorship in this oh, country. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's never, never gone away. Let's go on to your calls, and we're going to go to Paul in Meriden. Hey, Paul. Hi. Hey. I have a problem. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> you come to the right place. <laughs> uh, I have Windows Live, mm-hmm. and uh, I created a folder and I was putting it into the storage area that I have, and all the storage folders disappeared. You sure you didn't delete them, Paul? Uh, I can't find them. (laughs) Uh, I I, I wish and I hope. And and it's it's funny because, you know, uh, it's all of the storage that I've had, you know, uh, through email savings and, you know, several years. But... They all seem to have disappeared. I thought that I, you know, there would be a restore point, uh, hmm. but I found out that uh, when they Microsoft did their dirty deed and you know 
up to, to Windows 10, mm-hmm. they uh, didn't bring along restore points. You have to manually set them. So there is no restore point. I don't know what to do. I hear you. So you know what? I did a search here, and you're not alone. Yeah. This They are disappearing, and it's a problem with Windows Live Mail. Um, shocked and surprised. Um, (laughs) According to this poster from Microsoft, Windows Live Mail, they are prone to getting lost even if you don't delete them. Um, So there's all sorts of methods here you can follow that we're going to post for you to try to get a recovery um, of your deleted or misplaced Microsoft Windows Live Mail folders. Uh Okay. In the year 2018, Microsoft still hasn't figured out email. They haven't figured out a lot of things. Oh, it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, they, uh, but we do have some things you can try, a method one and a method two, okay. where you can try to uh, follow these steps. This is a June 14, 2017 post. Um, okay. So you're not alone, and this is within Microsoft's forums. Um, and there's a lot of folks with the same question, believe it or not. Okay. You may want to consider a different mail um, client. Well, I, I also have... Uh, Outlook uh, 2010 on there. There you go. Have it because when you went from uh, Micro, uh, Express, Outlook Express, yes. you couldn't go to Outlook for some reason. You right. had to go to Windows Live. Right. Windows Live is the quote-unquote equivalent of the old Microsoft Express. Okay. But I would tell you to use your Outlook and, and not even bother trying to recover it. Well, you could try to recover if you need something to get to export or import into Outlook. But Outlook's a better mail client. It oh, has its I, issues, too. Yeah, I, I definitely will try. I, like you said, is is there was a problem trying to uh, bring the files into Outlook from the Outlook Express. That's the only reason why I went to live. But now you can do uh, – I, I can – Bring in well. I could probably just send them to the Outlook. Uh, that, that that would work probably. But getting them from live to Outlook, uh, you know, there there should be no problem, right? Did I say that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the wrong business if you think there's never going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't say that. Um, it it should work, but it's the nature of IT. It's you know the fact that this is disappearing on random on you, right? Come on, right, that shouldn't yeah. happen. But no, it does. That's how, you know. And Microsoft updated you. You didn't ask for it. it they just did it. I mean, it's it's a mess. Yeah. Uh, so could you have issues migrating it? You could. Uh, it depends on what you really care to migrate, Paul. I mean, do you yeah, need all your email from from the past eight years? All that disappearing mail. That's a feature. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I don't need it all. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, there, there's some of them which which are you know tax records and stuff like that. In your email? Well, uh, it's it's the conversations there. And, you know, there's okay. some stuff that let's say that I I would like. You know, it, it, okay, I would. Well, you know, ninety percent of it I can discard. I would print. Yeah. I would take those messages and print them and file them away and then delete them. I mean, why? Why would you want anything on your email like that? I mean, no, you're you're right. Right. You're I mean, right. if that email gets out and, and there's information on there that you you don't want anybody else to see for whatever reason, um, yeah. You know, you're leaving it out there on Windows Live Mail. <laughs> that doesn't seem too smart. Yeah. No. No. Uh, you know, it makes sense when you talk about it. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, don't keep it in your email, and especially if it's on a – now, who is your email provider? Uh, well, I have uh, uh, Cox.net. Yeah, so they've got your mail on their servers too. So oh, they, do they? It depends, right? So most likely they do if you haven't deleted it, right? If you've oh. downloaded it and it is local on your machine, that's great. But if you're using any kind of IMAP or POP and you're not really bringing it down to a local site, then you could always – if you could set up a new email box right now or a new um, – Well, I know in Outlook you would set up a PST file. Right, right. But and if, I, I thought that I had that. But do you, did you configure it to remove it from the server? If not, it's on Cox's servers. And I could set up a – you could go get a new a computer, yeah. configure your mailbox and your password, and guess what will come down? All the email that's on Cox's servers. Oh, okay. okay. Which is a good thing for some and a bad thing if you're wondering who has access to your email. Well, I, I, I thought that I had set up the equivalent of a PST file. Right, but you have to tell the server to delete it when you're removing it. Only Outlook does a PST. Right, oh, okay. Outlook, Outlook Express, Windows Mail, Windows Live Mail, none of those create a PST. They put uh, an EML extension, which is kind of like a notepad extension, if you would, with an email yeah. ex- uh, EML right. extension, and they put it in a folder. Right. Okay, so it's it's... Within their program, and it's it, not on my my. If you can re-download it, it's still on their server. Okay. All right. Okay. So just keep be aware of that. So don't. I wouldn't use your email in that way. I would delete things or print things out you want to hang on to. Move them off your email system if you want to keep them in a more secure, safe place. Leaving it on email is just. If I can get your email and password, guess what I can download. <laughs> Actually, what is your yeah. password, Paul? Yeah. No, it's. Are oh, you not going to tell me? <laughs> I uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually pretty cautious. Yeah. I, it, you know, it, it sounds worse than I do. It, it's just some, you know, like warranty uh, information okay. And, okay. and stuff like that. All right. That uh, okay. uh, I, I've had dealings with. Sure. So, you know, like I say, it is probably 90% of it I can throw away. All However, right. there's that 10% that I'd like to get back. Yeah. Well, we've got some links up there for you that you can try, a couple methods you can try uh, for this exact problem that Microsoft seems to have with Windows Live Mail. Super, you help me again. We'll try. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot. Yep. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, we do find a lot of folks keep a lot of stuff in their email. And uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's As far as I'm concerned, you got to be careful with that, uh, and uh, especially anything sensitive. Um, a lot of these Gmail accounts, Hotmail accounts, U- Yahoo Mail accounts, they've been hacked. Um, the bad guys have your passwords. And if you haven't changed them, the bad guys are logging in as you. And they're reading your email, and they're hoping that at some point you're going to ask for a transaction, a transaction you're going to make with your attorney, a transaction you're going to make with your bank, something that they can glom onto, and then act as you and tell those folks to send the mail to this bank account, not to that one. It's going to look like it's coming from you because they've already hacked into your email account. Um, so be, be, be sure you're, you've got a strong password and you've changed it regularly so that the bad guys are not reading your email with you. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Uh, stick around, Ray and John, and we've got two lines open for you. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Everything we've talked about is posted live by Mike G over at the old-fashioned website, computertalkwithtab.com. Or if you like us on Facebook, it'll go to your news feed, as long as Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy. We'll be right back. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.